Drive gets inside, leans in, knocked away, it's stolen by Holiday. Now up for the layup, oh, blocked by James. To Curry, way down top, bang, bang. the Tiger. This kind of sick. Zion's gonna want out soon. Here's the thing, I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. What can I say? Mamba out. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Josh Phoenix, and today you are tuning in to the CourtsAheat.com podcast. As we have a lot to catch up on this Tuesday morning through the All-Star Weekend. Just recap the news of the day, things that happened over the weekend, yesterday. And a very interesting topic of the day, which looks at the dunk contest and if it became irrelevant this past Saturday. Or truly, the past few years. I'll get to that in a second. And I'll have a follow-up question to that, but we'll get into that in a bit. Yeah, so um, I had a very, very long hiatus. Like, I think it was like three weeks since our last podcast episode. That is pretty, pretty crazy. As, yeah, January 31st, almost a month, right? So it's crazy. It's great to be back. Great to be back, not only writing content, but also actually doing the podcast side of it, the audio side of it. As you can find us on Spotify, iTunes Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, um, Amazon Music, and all those different places that you get your podcast from. And without further ado, guys, let's jump into the podcast episode by just um, getting it started. Let's talk, let's break into social media real quick, store, let's get the announcements out of the way. Then we'll jump right into the All-Star Weekend, recapping the biggest things that happened over the weekend. So real quick, guys, you can find us on Instagram.com slash CourtsideHeatNBA, Twitter.com slash CourtsideHeat, Facebook.com slash CourtsideHeat, uh, Tumblr.com slash CourtsideHeat, TikTok.com slash at CourtsideHeat. And we will be joining Truth Social as we're trying to join all of the social media platforms that we can. Whenever we're off the waiting list, we will be on Truth Social, real cool social media from my herd. So I cannot wait. Now, guys, without further ado, let's jump into the podcast as it's been a long time coming and it's great to come back. Um, after missing about three weeks, a little over three weeks. Yeah, let's jump into it, guys. So, the NBA All-Star Weekend had a lot of ups and downs. It had a lot of ups and downs because the three-point contest was great. I loved it. Then you get to dunk contest, and it was, it was like one of the saddest, most pathetic things I've ever witnessed. I kind of wish I didn't tune into that. And it's bad when the announcers aren't even into it. Like they're trying to hype it up so much and they can't even do it. They can't do it anymore because of how bad it is. I feel bad because everyone tried putting on a great show. Everyone tried their hardest right. Like no one was trying to wimp out. No one was trying to give up. It was just a poorly ran dunk contest. Like, no one cared. If someone actually cared, I don't know who would have been. But with all that being said, I'm going to talk about that um, a little down the road um, later in the podcast episode. But reviewing the NBA All-Star Weekend, I'm going to give out the winners real quick, the MVP winner. And then I'm going to talk about the All-Star before... We head to our next segment, which is recap news of the day. Real quick, guys. Uh, Team LeBron beat out Team Durant. The MVP went to Stephen Curry, and the game winner went to LeBron James. It was 161 to 160 before LeBron James did the fadeaway, the beautiful fadeaway, 
that hit the game-winning shot in Cleveland. Something I saw was really cool as the All-Star game from what I was reading because I couldn't I couldn't watch it and I guess when I record it my TV recorded and want to record it but that's fine that's fine but um from what I heard from the All-Star game it was really cool it was really exciting to watch it was very close throughout the entire contest they kept going back and forth which which is something you really want to see. Um, no Kevin Durant, his grandmother tragically passed away, and no Chris Paul, because he fractured his hand more on him in a bit, but for Team Durant, it got replaced by Jason Tam for, um, Kevin Durant, and he only did it, he only had 8 points, 5 assists, and 4 rebounds, but the real winners came from... Uh, Joel Embiid with 36 points and 10 rebounds. Trey Young, 13 points, 10 assists. Devin Booker pulling up 20 points, 2 assists, and 5 rebounds. Lamelo, yeah, Lamelo Ball, 18 points. Um, Dezonte Murray, 17 points. And he was Zach Levine pulling up a cool 12 points in 11 minutes. Now, for Team LeBron, you had the mother load of all players putting in stats. LeBron had 24-8-6. Giannis had 30-12. Stephen Curry put 50 points. Put up a record high 16 free-pointers. And then, there's Garland, 13. Jared Allen, 10. DeMar DeRozan, 10. That to me, guys, was just insane. Uh, so Stephen Curry did win the MVP, obviously, because that was just extraordinary what he did. Stephen Curry in 36 minutes went all out, and they were just able to win it all. You really just think about that. That's incredible, Pub 50. He's even set records in the All Star game. Think about it. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But yeah. I had Team Duran win that. I thought they were going to get an edge, but it's back-to-back -back years for Team LeBron. And hopefully Team Duran can come back stronger next year if Duran is um, um, assigned the captain role again. It would have been interesting to see what would have happened if you actually had uh, uh, Kevin Durant on Team Durant, right? It also would have been very, very interesting what would happen if Chris Paul was at full strength? He only played, he checked in for two minutes, and that was it. So it would have been very, very interesting. Injuries did play a part in that, right? But it was still a very cool contest. I heard great things about it. Same with the uh, skills competition, which was won by Team Cavs. I heard that the skills competition was really fun, and that Team Cavs absolutely uh, won. I did not watch the skills competition. I wish I had, but I just was not able to watch it. I just didn't have any time on Saturday as I was, as I was out about family. But I heard great things from it. I watched highlights, and it was pretty, pretty cool. But I was there for the three-point contest, and I was there for the dunk contest. But for the three-point contest, that was won by Carl Anthony Towns, Big Cat. And in that game... He was, or in that contest, I should say, he was the first center ever in the NBA to win that contest. That's actually really incredible. Second round, he pubbed 29, pubbed 29 points. No one was able to touch that. No one was able to tie 29. They came close. Luke Kennard pubbed a fight. Other guys were putting up a fight that were in there. But nah, man. Big Cat just took it away. He stole it. Like, you saw it that, oh, maybe. Like, who would have saw it? Okay, who would actually saw it? Um, Big Cat was new. Like, who knew Carl Anthony Towns was going to do something like that? Like, who, who, who do you think? We, should, we really be ex should we really be surprised? No, because he is shooting 36, 39% from beyond the 
beyond the arc, beyond the just in that range, right? That just to me is incredible. As he was just shooting lights out. He got on a flow in the second round. First round was good. It was a fail round. And then it was all it was just all him in the second round. He put the pressure on everyone else he had to go first. But he balled out, man. He really did. It was weird not seeing Steph Curry there. It was weird not seeing Harden, Durant, right? It was weird. But he edged Trey Young and Luke Kennard. Because those are two guys that were there. That was going to make a difference. That was going to tie it up. But they just couldn't. And with all that pressure put on them, it was able to give Big Cat the win. And I'm truly happy for him. Because this may be, I have joked about this, but this may be the only time that Big Cat gets national media. In most cases, in a positive light, because he plays on the Timberwolves. And I get the Timberwolves are good this season, or decently good. But it's been a tough stretch for him. Now, the Timberwolves are in 7th place. They're going to be in the playoffs. They're 31-28. Right? They're better than the Clippers, Lakers, Blazers, Spurs, Pelicans, Kings, Thunder, Rockets. Right? They're better than all those teams. In close contention with Nuggets and Mavericks. Right? But to me, people don't give a lot of credit to Carl Anthony Towns. I, I, I like Big Cat because I like him because he's cool. He can play. He can play forward. He can play center. He's just very dominant with the ball. He can shoot anywhere around on the floor. He's able. He's adapt. He's adopted a new style to his game. Like he adapted to the ever changing environment of of the game of basketball. Now he's been able to shoot free pointers better now. He's having a better shot. He's taking more mid range. He just looks comfortable. And I just like Big Cat. I like, I just like who he is. And against all odds in his personal life and um, in his professional basketball career, it's been amazing. Because for many that don't know, COVID-19 took many of his family members. And I don't want to get information wrong here. And correct me if I am wrong. And I apologize if I am. But I believe his mother passed away. And I, I can't imagine how bad... How how that breaks a man. To lose his family. To lose his mom. But despite all of that. He dedicates the game to her. He dedicates his, the game to his family. Like, he's all. He's he's a really cool dude. As I, I just like. I like supporting him. I like supporting him. Because he's he's cool. He He's a baller. He's a guy. That will give you 110%. And for all the people out there. It's telling me there's not such thing as 110%. I'm just using it because I'm trying to prove a point here. He's going all in and he's pushing past the breaking point. Um, yeah. So for that, I get it that you have Anthony Edwards. You want to look at this shiny object or D'Lo. I don't care. Big Cat was there from the beginning and he's always going to be here because he's loyal. He's not going to be off contract until 2024. He's not going to be a free agent until 2024, right? But imagine him making the playoffs. You win the three-point contest. You make history. You go to the playoffs. Look, this is something very, very interesting if you're the Timberwolves. And very, very interesting if you're Anthony Towns. I'm excited. I very, very much am. And if they make it to the playoffs, I would be so ecstatic. Now, if the season ended today, I'd get the people hate me saying that, but if the season ended today, they would have to take on the number two Warriors. That's tough, folks. That's tough. Because if the season ended today in the Western Conference, uh, number one Suns take on eighth seed Clippers, two Warriors take on the seven Timberwolves, three Grizzlies take on the six Nuggets, Four Jazz takes on the five, number five Mavericks. That'll be a heck of a way to get in the postseason and then just get snapped in half by the Warriors. Not saying that's going to happen because crazier things happen in the postseason, right? 
But that would be a heck of a thing having to go up against Curry, uh, Draymond, Wiggins, all those different guys. Thompson, like all those different guys. But Timberwolves do have the fire pieces. They just do. When you have Anthony Edwards, Kurt Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, Patrick Beverly, all those different guys, that's a winning recipe. With Tarn Prince, with Mike Beasley, Malik Beasley, it's very, very interesting. So do not take him lightly. As heading into the break, heading into the All-Star, they are 7 and 3 in their last 10 games. Truly incredible. Truly, truly incredible. Because they even have a shot for the pasta to go into the play, um, playing tournament. So I just thought that was interesting to point out. I get I, I elaborated more. I explored more avenues than what I maybe should have. So I was just talking about the free point contest. But once my mind gets going on something, I can't stop. Oh boy. And lastly, the dunk contest. Hey, props. Congratulations to Adobe Toppin. I I like Adobe. Obi is good. Obi I I like Toppin. He's a New York Knicks. He was taken with eighth pick in the 2020 NBA draft. If you guys didn't know that, um, he won a dunk contest with a one-handed slam. I watched a recap of that on Sunday morning. I tried not to look at the news, right? But I evidently did. He he won the NBA slam dunk contest. It was okay. No one really cared. Like the fans didn't care. Everyone on Twitter was roasting the crud out of this contest. I feel bad because Juan Toscano Anderson, Golden State Warrior player, had an underwhelming final. As because while, while wearing the uniform of a past Warrior Dunk champion, Jason Richardson was unable to convert on his final dunk attempt after free tries. No one cared. It was one of the most lackluster finishes ever. I was bored. Like, I'm typing up on my computer. I'm, I'm working on projects, according to Heat. I'm working on articles. I'm watching this, and I'm like, we just went for something main event quality, WrestleMania quality to um, Johnny Manziel work. Like, to put it in a different perspective. And no disrespect to Johnny Manziel, but no one's going to, it's never going to be sold out for him. Um, it, it was just, it was kind of sad. Because it was, it, it was a sad, sad time because... You have this cool opportunity with these guys that aren't really known getting a shot to win a cool trophy, to be a part of NBA history, to win a contest, be on national stage. You have legends uh, grading you and just looking at you. You had Shaq there. You had Isaiah Thomas there. Giannis Antetokounmpo was there. Um, Clyde Drexler was there. All those different guys were there. But even Shaq, even all those guys were done. A lot of famous celebrities were there. But yeah, it was. It was just bad. I feel bad. Jalen Green was a part of it. Cool Anthony was a part of it. Discondo Anderson was a part of it. Toppin was a part of it. <clears throat> Sorry. You had all these different guys. But the problem is, is that. It was, there was nothing flashy. There was no flashy dunk. There was no innovative dunk there. Because it was all done before. Which is kind of hard to try to in, innovate something. Or create something. Which has already been done. Because there's been like, like 50 plus dunk. Like a lot of dunk contests. I don't know the exact number. But also something that didn't help it. The dunkers in the first round. Went 7 to 25. 28%. Jalen Green with 1 of 9, 11.1% on his first dunk. He was uh, very much out in the first round. Like, everyone did not care. Like, no one cared. I feel bad. And by the way, that stab was brought by stab meters. I just wanted to bring that up because I found that cool. 
on social media. But, um, like, you have to feel bad to a certain point because it's like, man, oh, man, the first round was lackluster. It was disappointing. But you feel bad. You feel emphatic towards these guys because it's like, these guys are trying so hard. And then the second round was worse. Like, it got worse. I'm sorry. I, I try to be very supportive. I was like, okay, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. And then it didn't. Oh, man. That was, it was just sloppy. It was bad. Like, you have to feel bad in some ways. It's sad, man. It's sad. It was. Because it's not like this is so new. We've had bad dunk contests before. Non-electrifying dunk contests before. Non-statement-making dunk contests before. Or people fit in dunk contests. But this one took the cake to take cake. Ugh. My apologies. But this one took the cake of being disappointing, lackluster, pathetic, sickening to even watch. It wants to make your eyes gouge out. Ay, 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 ay. I hate being critical of these things because I want to support these guys. I really do, but it's bad. They tried. Kudos all those guys. Adobe Top of One. I'll get to the dunk contest in a little bit. But now, that was the All-Star Weekend. The Rising Star stuff. Uh, Kay Cunningham won the MVP. It was really cool. I forgot the team that won. I know it was not Isaiah Thomas's team. Oh, I'm trying to remember. I can't remember. If I remember, I'll, I'll bring it shortly afterwards. But the meat of everything was the NBA All-Star Weekend, which was Saturday, Sun excuse me, Saturday Sunday. We had skills, three-point uh, contest, dunk contest on Saturday, and then the NBA All-Star Game on Sunday. Now, guys, getting into things, we have recapping the news of the day. This is really sad as 50% of this is filled with injuries. Also, can I just say something? I want to get this off my chest. It has been so, so, so lonely. As an NBA fan, not to have any basketball, like any NBA, any NBA, any any NBA games. You have to wait till Thursday. Now I've been enjoying college, like women's college. I'm there. Men's college. I'm there. Like I'll recap some games. I'll rewatch some games. I'll do it. I wish I was there to see the Michigan game against Wisconsin. Where Juwan Howard, head coach of Michigan, took a cheap shot, took a shot um, to a coach on Wisconsin. I forgot his name. I wish I would have watched that game. Sure, it was it was a blown out game, great game by Wisconsin, but I would I was there. I, I was like, what happened? Like Juwan Howard was trying to go all Terminator. I don't know what he was doing. Like, he was trying just to. Delete and destroy everyone. Yeah. I'm ready for NBA basketball to come back. I'm just ready. Because I, I, I miss it. Because I, I watch so much of it. Day in and day out. I report on so much of it. It's like, wow. Because I'm happy for the break. But it's like, huh. Kind of have nothing to do. Right? You get You guys get that feeling sometimes. Or no, it's just me because I have no social life. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's just me or not. But yeah, it's totally just kidding about that. Um, so that was the All-Star. Getting into the news, the heart of it, the meat of it. The news of the day, we have Goran Dragic. He made his announcement. He's here. He's ready. He is signed with the Brooklyn Nets. Out of all the teams that were scratching and that were clawing and that were desperate, one to sign him. 
The Dragic Nets were able to ink up a deal that signs him for the remainder of the season. I do not know the financial side of it, but I know the length of the contract, which is the remainder of the season. The Nets were able to persuade the 35-year-old guard to join them in their quest of a championship. His agent did confirm that the former Raptor guard has signed with Brooklyn. This happened last night. I reported on Twitter, right? Or I'm sorry, early in the morning, not last night. I'm sorry. But yeah, the Lakers, Warriors, Clippers, Bucks, Bulls, they all had their shot to signing the veteran guard. But in the end, again, the Nets were able to get it. That was their way with DeMarcus Aldridge. LaMarcus Aldridge. That was their way with Patty Mills. Paul Millsap. All those different guys. Blake Griffin. They were just able to persuade it as it was very, very interesting because Steve Nash, head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, was the main pursuer of Goran Dragic, which is a very smart signing. I like it. It gives them more depth. It gives them more flexibility at the guard position because I believe Goran Dragic, despite being at 35, still has some val uh, valability. Like he has some, he has some positives to him. Plus, Goran Dragic was an ex-teammate of Steve Nash. And now he's going to be joining the former Phoenix Sun in Brooklyn. Very, very interesting. They were both teammates of Phoenix. But now, many years later, a reuniting is happening with Steve Nash. He's averaging 8 points per game, 3 rebounds, 2 assists. Sure, he's only played five games, but there's so much controversy going down in Toronto with him. Went to Miami, right, all this stuff. Plus, who really want to play in Toronto right now? You have no fans there. It's very, very limited capacity. It's very depressing there right now. Especially in Canada. It's depressing there, too. <laughs> right, just that entire vicinity. Because it stinks we have no fans or it's limited capacity. You want to have solar arenas. It brings more excitement to it. It's going to be very exciting to see what he does in Brooklyn. It's going to be great help. As the Nets are looking pretty scary. Brooklyn is becoming the new scary team. Don't let their record fool you. They're establishing a new big free. Out with Harden and with Simmons in the Philly-Brooklyn trade. At the trade deadline like two or three Thursdays ago. Most like the two Thursdays got to come back with my notes on that. But now they're assembling pieces together in the bio market, free agency. They're doing it all. And also, real quick, Javon Carter, uh, who they traded for um, in exchange for a draft pick with the Suns in the 2021 NBA draft, was released. He's he scheduled to become a free agent soon. That was just to create a roster spot, right? That's pretty funny if the Suns sign back. But yeah, it's going to be very interesting. The Nets are going to be a team to watch out for because they have new players. They have this new energy. They're energizing themselves. They're getting their morale up. They're like, yes, okay, our championship dreams are still alive. Our playoff dreams are still alive. We can do this. We have the pieces. Now we just need to execute in all cylinders. I'm excited to see what happens with that team. I truly am. Because Brooklyn has been depressing at many portions, at many portions of the season. The last 20 games have been rough, right? You, you kind of cannot deny that. Tune in their past 10. Uh, going into the All-Star break, they lost to the Wizards. I snapped their two-game winning streak, right? It's going to be interesting what happens to Kyrie because of the COVID vaccine and COVID issues right now. But they're seven games behind first. They're still under an eighth. They're in the playing tournament right now, if I'm understanding that correctly. They're two games behind the Raptors, three and a half games behind the Celtics, 
and so forth going out with the Bucks, Cavaliers, 76ers, Bulls, and Heat. Very, very interesting. But yeah, do not snooze on Brooklyn. Brooklyn is still a deadly team in their own respects, despite the record. Despite the record, do not look at the record. That team has talent. That team has drive, and that team has proper coaching. I truly, truly do believe that. So do not sleep on the Nets. I don't care who you are or what you've seen. This Nets team is going to make it very interesting come the postseason because you know they're going to make either the playing tournament or the actual postseason itself. Very interesting. Very interesting. Now, something that's not interesting is Chris Paul. The man's phenomenal. Future Hall of Famer. Love him. Amazing point guard. Happy Phoenix was able to trade for him in the OKC Phoenix trade, right? Two to three seasons ago, right? We all knew the problem we were going to have. I was reaching out to sources. I was reaching out to people everywhere. Trying to get clarity on the Chris Paul situation. Right? Because I want to know what in the world we were actually dealing with. Like, because there was a reason why Chris Paul ejected himself from the game. Reason why I ran to the ref. Reason why I kept holding on to his hand. Well... We now found out that he fractured his right thumb and will be scheduled to miss six to eight weeks. And we better pray that he's not out for eight weeks. If you're a Phoenix Suns fan or a Chris Paul fan, you better hope that he ain't out eight weeks. Why? Because in roughly seven weeks, the playoffs begin. If the man ain't back and he misses a week of the postseason, he's going to be missing the first round. That's not good. And now on courtsofheat.com, I broke it down on the pro, the pros and cons of this injury. There's not many pros. There's many cons. You guys can see that on Courts of Heat, but I'm going to summarize it here that sure, the rest is great, but how would this affect the son's mentality Going into the final seven weeks without their all-star leader, without their Hall of Fame leader, with, without the energy coming from Chris Paul, without the mindset. This is the point God that we're missing. He's electrifying in every sense. He does his job day in and day out, and without that, I don't know. But we're getting, but the Suns are getting camera pain back. They have Aaron Holiday. They have all this talent. Should we be worried about this? Yes or no? I believe it's a mixture of both. Why? Because without Chris Paul, things get choppy. We can lose order. But we have Devin Booker keeping and restoring our order with many veterans. Such as Jay Crowder and all those different guys. I'm not going to lose faith in the Suns because of this injury. Nor should anyone else. This is going to allow Chris Paul to come back stronger and healthier, and he'll have much needed rest to allow himself, with his body to heal, regenerate for the postseason. Could this be a blessing in disguise? Maybe, maybe not. And I'm not trying to make this injury some kind of positive. I'm not trying to spin it that oh, by him fracturing his thumb. By him injuring his hand, it was like one of the greatest things ever. That's insane for anyone to say, including myself, and I'm not implying that. So please do, do not misconstrued. I am not implying that. All I'm saying is that from a rest standpoint, that may be good on a 36-year-old. Not saying that he needs to rest. I'm just saying, gearing for the postseason, maybe that's something to say, okay, we have all these different cons, all these disadvantages, but maybe the one advantage is that he could get more rest. Something to consider. But you better hope he's not out for eight weeks. And that's just a reevaluation. He better be back. That's the scheduled timeline. They're going to reevaluate him. I bet you they reevaluate him at the six, six and a half week mark, and they get him ready for week seven. That seventh week period. Like they're going to make sure. That he's good to go for the first round. Whatever that may be. Whatever it may be. 
Because if the Suns had to take on the Clippers in the first round, that would be interesting. If you had to take on the Lakers in the first round, if you had to take on the Timberwolves in the first round, the Nuggets in the first round, it would be very, very interesting because of how it all plays out. Or even the Porn Trailblazers. Very interesting. Very interesting. It's frightening in some respects, and it's it's going to be a really, 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 really interesting reassurance test on how the Suns will handle themselves and carry themselves in these final seven weeks. Because you know there's going to be pressure to say, okay, there's no Chris Paul, how can the Suns handle all of this? I say they're just going to be fine. They may lose more games, but they're going to be fine. And as we already know, even if they lost the rest of their games, they're guaranteed a playoff spot. A playing tournament, a playoff spot. You're fine. 58 games through the season, and this had to happen. You always fear injuries, but you have 24 more games to go. You just have to hold on, me amigos. You just have to hold on. And I said they're going to thrive beyond. I said it's going to continue what they've been doing. Truthfully, that's just my take on it. Now, some takes are better than others, but come the 2024 NBA Draft featuring Bronny Jr. or Bron James' son, many executives project Bronny to be a second-round pick in the 2024 NBA Draft. Yikes. How do you think about that? that? That's tough. That is tough. If that is being accurate, that is tough. Because it's like... Because uh, how, how talented was Bronny really? Because we're like at this point. Because now the package is, whoever gets Bronny is going to begin with LeBron. Because you know LeBron's going to force himself into the situation of playing with his son. Or his son's just going to leave the team. Or something like that's going to happen. Because it was the whole thing of like, oh, I'm not going to shut the door on returning to the Cavaliers for, for a time in my career. I'm not going to shut the doors on these different teams. I just want my final season to be with my son. 2024 is going to be his final season. Has to be. It's going to be 40 years old. 40, 41 years old. Can't be doing this forever. This is going to be something interesting. Because what will LeBron James be at 40, 41 years old? Will he be at 39 years old? Like We have to think about that realistically. He won't be the same as he was 33, 36. Right? It's going to be different in three years, five years, four like whatever it has to be. It's going to be different. I don't know if it's different for good or for bad. I don't know if it's going to tarnish the legacy of the king. I don't know. All I know is that several executives are projecting Bronny Jr. to be a second round pick in the 2024 NBA draft. It's Truly, it's any team's game now. If it's a second round pick, all all thirty one teams, all thirty two teams have an opportunity, have the opportunity to get Bronny and Mayo Bron. But who wants a Bron? Truly, because will we be at that older age? I'm not saying he's going to wear down, but thirty NBA teams have to make the executive decision come 2024, and you have to assess. Who LeBron is, what his mentality is, if he'll be physically able to, mentally able to go game in, game out, or if he's going to need more load management. Will he be at higher risk for injuries? We have to put more than a million dollars in his body per year just to stay consistent or somewhat decent come 40 years old, 39 years old? Because isn't the man already 36 years old? He's. 37 years old. Very, very interesting. 
He's still performing a lot. He is. But it's going to be very interesting. And with all that being said, he's putting the Lakers on notice. He's putting the Lakers on notice because of, of all the bad players they have on their team, all the questionable players. But people are retaliating that this is Rob Palenka's fault because you should never have allowed AD and Braun to put together this team. Because GM LeBron is not good. Nor is Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis knows less than LeBron. Think about that. And in terms of Joe Mandring. Joe, Joe Mandring. Ma manager. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting. Worlds are colliding. I don't see the Lakers and LeBron, uh, LeBron going past his remaining contract. Once that two-year contract's up, he's out. He's dead now. He's going to go play with his son. That's going to be it. You're going to hear all ESPN, all these different places, 2024, talking about a second-round pick, projected, early projected second-round pick, Brawny. Who knows if he's even going to be drafted? It just all depends who values who. Because you know those guys are going to be singing about LeBron. You know that's going to be a huge decision-maker. You know it's going to impact decisions. You just know it to be. Very, very interesting. Very, very, very interesting indeed. But yeah. If several executives are projected Brian to be a second rounder, and we still have two years to the draft, roughly two years, should that raise concerns? I don't know. I'm not going to touch into that because I don't, I don't know if I can say that or not. I truly don't think I could. Now, you know what I can say is that teams are looking for the next big thing, the next superstar for that team. They want that superstar shakeup. And that's going to come through Damian Lillard, Zion Williamson, and even Donovan Mitchell. Those are three key players that teams are eyeing up. We don't know the teams, how many teams. We just know that it's plural and that the three best players in the entire NBA are now being looked at. That they want teams want Donovan Mitchell on their team. Zion Williams, they're still getting a hope to Zion Williamson, who's had I don't know how many surgeries, who hasn't even played this season. And it's now going to show that you can't be 300 plus pounds and do all that athletic stuff and not worry about your knees or your feet. It's not me being, trying to shame him here, not trying to be critical here, judgmental here. This is just the truth. And sometimes the truth hurts, literally and figuratively. Then for Damian Lillard, will the Blazers give up on him and just say, you know what, screw your silver route, do what you want. Same with Donovan Mitchell. Because Donovan Mitchell has to be getting fed up that the Jazz have not been able to do anything. It has to be interesting, doesn't it? They are fourth in the Western Conference. I don't think they'll give up on him. I couldn't see Donovan leaving unless something drastic happened. I couldn't see the Jazz giving up on him unless something drastic happened. But that's where we may be at. And Zion could be on the move because CJ McCollum and Zion Williamson reportedly, of course, have not had talks yet. Last that we heard publicly, have not had talks yet since CJ McCollum, former Portland Trailblazer, joined the New Orleans Pelicans and the Willie Green team. Very, very interesting. Damian Lillard, Zion Williamson, and Donovan Mitchell. Teams are looking at them as they're considering the next big thing for that team, for their roster. Would the Knicks want one of those three guys? You want to have the New uh, the New York Devils, Blue Devils, or whatever, right? You want to recreate Duke on New York, New York Dukies? I don't know. With RJ, Zion, and... Oh, man, I'm forgetting about the other guy. There was another guy. Oh, this is not good. Oh, man. You know, I saw my brain was going to be able to remember more, but I guess not. 
RJ. Oh, and Cam Reddish. Duh. Idiot. <laughs> Whoops. You forget about Cam sometimes. But yeah, it's going to be very interesting. The whole dynamics. Because once teams are being named, and we can put faces to names and names to faces, it's going to be very interesting to say, okay, maybe this will work. Maybe this won't work. But if teams are looking for the next thing, big thing in their roster, for the roster, for a shakeup, for this kryptonite against our team, for this supernova blast, and they're looking at Lillard, Zion, and Mitchell, that's going to be very, very interesting. And I would take note of that. And guys, with all that being said, this was the last piece of, of uh, breaking news for our segment, recapping. The news of the day. Finally, guys, let me get my rage mode in because we're getting to topic of the day. And that is this. I'm answering two questions. One's the main one, one's a follow-up. Here we go. Has the dunk contest become irrelevant? And if so, then should it be the show closer for fans on Saturday before the All-Star game on Sunday? Very interesting questions here because this these are legitimate questions here. So has the dunk contest become irrelevant? It was more relevant when you had Patrick Ewing, Dominic Wilkins, Michael Jordan, heck even Spud Webb, Vince Carter. Vince Carter to me was the best dunk contest in the two thousands. My opinion. Blake Griffin was all cool. Zach Levine. Like, the rivalries of Zach Levine and Eric Gordon was cool. Eric Gordon changing up and then D-Way rigging it or whatever happened was cool. It was exciting. It's something that enticed the minds of fans. But, these past All-Star uh, dunk contest has been boring. Sorry here. But tell me a notable name. And I get we're trying to get... Unrecognized players become more recognizable, but guys, don't hate me for this. But this list is kind of stanky. Uh, starting with 2022, we're gonna weigh down. Obi, I'm gonna go all the way to 2011. Here we go. Adobe Toppin, 2022. Anthony Simons, 2021. Derrick Jones Jr., 2020. Hamidou Dalio. I'm so sorry if I pronounced his name wrong. 2019. Donovan Mitchell. There we go. 2018. Glenn Robinson III. Hold on. Real quick. Who in the world is Glenn, Glenn Robinson III? The heck? He's 28 years old. He's, he's not in the league anymore. Uh, yeah, he's having the league anymore. The last time he played was in 2020. Yeah. Okay. It's 2017. Again, irrelevant. Zach Lafine, 2015-2016. John Wall, 2014. Terrence Ross, 2013. Jeremy Evans, 2012. Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin, 2011. Then, going down... Nate Robinson, 2009-2010. Has the dunk contest become irrelevant? Besides Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell, Blake Griffin, and John Wall to a certain extent, like no one's cared. There's like no like, really more any more flashy dunks. Jumping over the car was cool. Jumping over mascots were cool. Um, free throw dunks were cool. But it doesn't flash anymore. Like, everything was done. It's like, oh, it's just a basic dunk. But it's not. Like, these are complex, these are complexity dunks. These are complex shots. These are difficult dunks. But we just seen it so much, we grow accustomed to them that's like, oh, that's an original. Like, 
Hamidou Adilio. Dalio. So I'm trying to. Oh, is he even in the league anymore? Is he still in the league? Oh, he's still in the, still in the league. It kind of stinks. Like he plays for Detroit. I gave plays for Detroit, but I'm sorry. I just out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve All Stars. Only one, two, three, four guys. Are you kidding me? Was I? Is like thirty-three percent? Yeah, thirty-three percent. Of of the winners were actually good. I'm sorry. Obi Toppin, he's okay. Like, if there's not a guy that you know about that should not be trouble. Whoops. Almost on my chair. I, I I just don't know. Like to a part of me it's like, oh like it was not exciting. It was just a lackluster. Like, there's nothing I really say or do because I can never really sum it all up because we've seen so much. Because even Obi Top, um, who, oh, someone, I forgot the guy's name, Juan Toscano Alexander, someone like uh, Anderson was trying to recreate the Vince Carter dunk. Then do it. Failed. But has the dunk contest become relevant? Yes. I believe it has because there's been no good names. Maybe because everything's been done before. Everything is just that. It's over. It's actually really sad. It really is. And I feel bad because it should never have gone to that way. But when spectacular dunks are being done in games. And then in past contests. There's only so much a human being can do that's original. That has never been done before. From the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and up to now. Each decade's going to have a have a dunk to remember. There's nothing special about this. Like the dunk contest has become so irrelevant, it's not even funny anymore. It's actually really, really sad. I'm not just saying that it's just a bash. Like the dunk all the dunk contest is supposed to be really cool. It's just not anymore. And that is a sad, sad, sad reality many have to come to. So then the fun question, should it be the show closer or fans on Saturday before the All-Star game on Sunday? The simple answer, no. Take this. Take this all-star uh, contest, all the different contests, these, this past Saturday, before the all-star game on Sunday. People love the skills competition. Then people love the um, three-point contest. Take the three-point contest. People are losing their minds. People love, they're like, oh, they're cheering, they're doing this. Everyone's into the crowds, loving it. Celebrities are loving it. Announcers are loving it. I'm loving it. Fans around the world are loving it. But then when we get to the dunk contest, it's crickets. People are sleeping. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar laughed. He laughed. Kareem laughed. He couldn't take it anymore. He just got stuff and laughed. Shaq was over it. Guys were over it. Like Jalen Green, not going to cut it. Cole Anthony, not going to cut it. All these different guys are not going to cut it. Obi Toppin, uh, Juan... Descano Anderson, it's not going to cut it. Those are not rootable names. Those are not household names. I'm sorry. I want these guys to succeed and to accomplish their all in anything, even in this dunk contest. But it should become so relevant that the guys they're pulling in there is laughable because no one cares. And if no one cares, they're not going to bother to watch dunk contests. That's why it should go skills competition, dunk contest, and ending with the free point contest because people 
love seeing those type of shots, and that never gets old with all the suspense, and the fun, and the drama, and the pure adrenaline rush for all those players. Like, it's super fun that you saw a big cat, Clanthony Towns, and the Minnesota Timberwolves making NBA history become the first ever center to win the game, win the contest. Guys, that's something incredible just to, just to win this. It, it, it truly is sad that even when you change up the entire, all the different names from the free point contest, you're able to make that special. You change out in the dunk contest, it's not even special. Everyone's done that before. Everybody's seen that before. Everybody's used to that before. There's names you don't know about. There's names that no one cares about. That's just the truth. The truth hurts and is a very harsh reality to accept. It just is the truth. Honestly. 100%. So yes, the dunk contest is irrelevant. Unless it gets better, it's irrelevant. It's been irrelevant for the past two seasons. Maybe more. I have. I don't know. I have to watch all dunk contests again. But this one was irrelevant. This past one, irrelevant. It should not be the show closer because that was the most perfect show closer and it made me more depressed than ever. It's like I was watching the Olympics. It was like watching the Beijing Olympics on steroids. That's how depressing and pathetic it was. No, no disrespect to the people at, um, at the Olympics. Cool accomplishment. Happy for y'all. But it was depressing. Sad. It mortified me to death. I, I saw I was slowly dying. I saw my brain cells were rotting. I wanted to do anything else. I'd rather jump off my roof for fun than actually watch that dunk contest again. Okay, I exaggerated too much, but you guys understand the point I am illustrating. Oh, Malanta. Craziness. But guys, what do you think? See, I'm exaggerating here. You say I'm not, just say I am. If I am or if I'm not, give us your feedback. Give, give me your thoughts on this because it's very interesting. Text me at 602-791-210. That is the Courtside Heat text line. Again, Courtside Heat text line is 602-791-2108. Craziness, guys. As that's pretty much the topic of the day. I would have had... Um, Game of the Day uh, watch audition, but there is none until Thursday. I'll cover that when the time comes. It's Tuesday. I got two more days. Two more resting days in the way. Also, also very, very interesting stuff is coming up on CoreT.com. So do not miss it, guys. Again, check us out on social media. You do not want to miss it. People are interacting like crazy. We're posting like crazy. Um, it's getting very, very exciting. I'm excited for the start of the second half, official second half of the season after the All-Star break, right? Um, join us on polls. Join us everywhere. Retweet our stuff. Like our stuff. Um, just share your family, friends, co-workers, strangers, or that, or that random cashier worker that hates all of your guts because he has to be there at 7 in the morning working. Just share that too. And if he starts punching you to death, don't blame me. Don't blame me. But yeah, guys, find us on CourtsHeat.com. Find us on Twitter.com slash CourtsHeat. Instagram.com slash CourtsHeatNBA. Again, that's Instagram.com slash CourtsHeatNBA. Getter.com slash CourtsHeat. TikTok.com slash at CourtsHeat. Again, at CourtsHeat for TikTok.com. Facebook.com slash CourtsHeat. And we're going to begin on a true social. Join us there. Let's build this sports out on there. I'm still on the wait list. Because it's in so much high demand that this app ranks number one on the Apple App Store. I am like number 98,085. Sweet. I got a chance. But yeah, guys, I'm excited for everything. Thank you guys for tuning back into the podcast. It felt weird not doing it for three weeks. I tried just different stuff. But I'm back. I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be back. 
It's great to be back, guys. And until the next podcast episode, I will see you guys soon. Thank you guys for checking back in on the Court to Heat podcast. And until then, guys, let's have the outro music take us out now.